0: Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where Scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. First Samuel chapter 8, starting in verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you're old, your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But this thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Verse 8, according to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice, however. You should solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. And, of course, verse 10 through 18 describes this king's future behavior, which was Saul and other future kings excluding David. Jump to verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and said, no, but we will have a king over us that we may also be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Well, unfortunately, this sounds like the current day church. You know, give us a king, give us a king to reign over us that we may be like all the nations, go out and fight our battles, in our current day church... Today, the pastors get paid a salary to preach Sunday morning and go out and fight our battles for us. Say, make for us gods, or make for us men. Make for us strong, acceptable men, pastors who can go out. Today, we would call that man worship. Acts chapter 7, starting in verse 38, Stephen the martyr addressing those who are about to stone him. Moses, who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai, who received the living oracles to give us, whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected. And in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. They were saying to Samuel, Make gods to go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice to the idols and rejoiced in the work of their own hands. We have to be careful because we want to be building what the Lord's building, but many of us can get caught up in the works of man worship and start building things with our own hands, things according to the idolatry of our own heart. What they wanted, they wanted to be in control of their own destiny. They did not want God to reign over them. Serving the Lord is challenging because you have to submit your will to the Lord and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't follow the leading of your own will, mind, and emotions. But they said, no, make us make us gods to go before us. Okay, they rejected Moses. They rejected God. They rejected Samuel. And most likely, if you're in this company, they're going to reject you as well. They rejected Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, the list goes on. They rejected all of them. Why should we think today, if we're carrying a prophetic word or exhortation to the church, that we're going to be accepted, we're going to be received? Moving into the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 34, Jesus speaking, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify, some of them you will scourge in your synagogue and persecute from city to city. Well, we see this happening in Acts chapter five, seventeen. The high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. Jump to verse 40, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let him go. So, they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Today, we see, you know, there's a you know, recently there's a story where a pastor was dragged out of his church because they were meeting on Sunday, you know, a COVID restriction, and you know, there were several stories, but unfortunately, we go to the media, we end up on TV, they end up on major news networks talking about, oh, you know, we're we're being persecuted, the, you know, our government wants to take over the church. That wasn't the attitude of, of Paul, that wasn't the attitude of Peter, that wasn't the attitude of these apostles. They rejoiced in the fact that they were suffering for the Lord. Continue in Acts 14, verse 19, regarding Paul. He's going on saying that from Jews from Antioch and I- Iconium came there, having persuaded the multitude. They stoned Paul and dragged them out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Then in 2 Corinthians 11, 24, Paul continues when he's writing to the Corinthians about, you know, his ordeals, verse 24, from the Jews Five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods and once stoned. Well, later, Peter was crucified upside down. James was martyred. John was sent to the island of Patmos of prison. The other disciples, they all received a similar fate. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. My question to us is, do we really want to join this messenger service? Are we up to the task? Are we willing to be rejected as all of the former prophets were rejected? In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, starting in verse 41, Jesus is speaking, and he says, "'I do not receive honor from men.'" In verse 43, "'I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive.'" Well, that, that should concern us. In verse 44, he says, How can you believe who receive honor one from another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? The sad condition is, you know, we have propensity to be seeking honor from men, seeking honor from one another. We need this acceptance. We need this recognition. You know, it's, it's an insatiable desire. You know, receive my ministry. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know how important I am? The Lord, and He's teaching His messengers, do not receive honor from men. If you do, it's really a disqualifier. He's saying, I came in my Father's name. You do not receive me. Well, what does that mean? That means because you're not receiving me, someone's going to come in their own name and they're going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to minister to your idols. They're going to be that leader, that king that will go out before you, and Him you will receive. When the Lord's saying, I'm your Lord, I'm your king, follow me, honor me, don't reject me. Galatians chapter one verse ten for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. Yeah, there was pressure on Paul to please men. They wanted him to do all of these things. They, you know, but he said, Look, we're not we're not going there, we're not doing that. I'm not here to please men you know, he went on to say, even the gospel I preach, I didn't get it from men. It came from Revelation. I'm carrying a message from heaven. And they didn't like it. They didn't want to receive it. And actually, the Spirit moved in Galatia and with the Galatian church, and they wanted to go back to the works. Why? Because that's what these men, you know, were promoting, and they wanted, they wanted them to be their leaders. Paul's saying, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Acts chapter 14 verse 8, and in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped up and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lycaonian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men and Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Verse 13, Then the priests of Zeus, whose temple was in front of the city, they brought out oxen garlands to the gate, intending to sacrifice with the multitude to Barnabas and Paul. But the apostles heard this, they tore their clothes, ran in among the multitude, crying out, saying, Men, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from all these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things in them. Jump to verse 18. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitude from sacrificing to them. It's sad to say today, many ministers respond to their healing miracles by naming ministries after themselves. Then they go on to start YouTube channels, and they have cameras following them around, recording their good works and their prayers and you know their healings. I think if the apostles could come back and see what's going on in the church today, they'd be appalled. They'd say, brethren, these things should not be. What are you doing? I mean, today, you know, we have our worship and our our inner prayer rooms and say, all of it's televised. Now, there's some positive side to that, but what happened to the secret place? Where's the sacred holiness of slipping away and worshiping God with a group of believers? It's not to just be blasted out to the world. The secret place has now become the worldly place. Or the place for the world to look in. Look, we're not to judge the world. You know, we're not to judge outsiders, Paul said, but we are to judge those within the church. See, it's it's critical standard of measure and judgment for what's going on inside the church. Well, what happens if we don't? You end up with what we have today. You have heresies, apostasies, you have, you know, it's crazy towns. Luke chapter 6 verse 26 Jesus said woe to you when all men speak well to you for so did their fathers to the false prophets In other words you know it can be a good thing that you have a good reputation and people speak well of you that's fine but when you're bringing a message for the Lord and you're rejected and despised and ridiculed and thrown out that's okay too you know we have to let these we have to let these things happen to us In Luke 7, verse 26, Jesus speaking to the multitudes concerning John, "'What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet.'" This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. So, this is, he's sending messengers out today. That's really what I want to say. God today is sending messengers before his face who will prepare his way, your way before you. It's all, it's all him. It's all about the Lord. Jump to verse 30, but the Pharisees and lawyers and experts in the law, they rejected the so what John was doing, the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by John. John was not received. They rejected him. Jesus said, you know, for a while you rejoiced in the light of John, but, you know, they kind of toy with it. They listen to it. You're kind of a, uh, you know, a pleasant voice, you know, singing on an instrument. They come up, they listen to you, they like you, you know, but they walk away and they harden their heart and they reject what God's doing. Isaiah went on to say in 40 verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. See, the voice is a voice of one in the wilderness. It's not a voice of many. See, the voice is the voice of the Lord. So this message that we're carrying, it's his It's his voice. It's not ours. It's not a corporate group or community or expression, you know, or we, we have so many different movements in our communities that want to get a corporate voice. Well, okay, that's fine in its place, but this is the voice of one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in agreement in heaven, speaking on earth. Get ready, prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. It came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly to set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent out messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But the Samaritans did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. See, the Lord's following, not man, not what people want. He's following his father's will. They said, no, we're not going to receive you because you're not doing what we want you to do. You're not going to stay here. No, see, he's not a man pleaser. But the point I want to make is he's sending his messengers before his face. See, God sent his messenger, John the Baptist, before the coming of the Lord. So the Lord came. Now he's going to Jerusalem facing his death, burial, and resurrection. And as he moves towards that, he's sending his messengers out ahead of him, even then, right, to the villages to prepare In Acts chapter 1, verse 11, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. The Lord rose, the clouds took him up. We know that he's coming in the clouds. So that's happening. But the same manner in in which you saw him go, he was going, he started going back in Luke when he was sending out his messengers before his face, he was moving towards you know, his finished work on the cross. Behold, I send out my messengers before my face who will prepare my way before me. The Lord is sending messengers out today because he's coming for his church. But his messengers are here saying the same message that John the Baptist said, prepare, he's coming. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, the Apostle Paul is writing, If anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you. Or if our brethren inquire, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. See, these messengers, Titus, Paul, these are the glory of Christ. Behold, I send my messengers out, you know, preparing, I'm coming and I want my people prepared. Well, the ultimate messenger of all time is the Lord Jesus. But Paul, he's warning us in Hebrews 1, one. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. These current-day messengers, they're speaking the same thing that the Son of God spoke when he was on earth. We're carrying that message. We're speaking on behalf of the Son. It can all be tied to the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. See, that's that's the Lord. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, which was Moses much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Well, that's the Lord Jesus. So let us not turn away from him who speaks from heaven. And how is God speaking to us today? Well, yes, through his word, as we study his word, meditate and pray. And God is sending forth his messengers out into the churches. So the question is, do you want to join the messenger service? Do you want to be part of it? See, I think we've romanticized what it is to be a voice for God, to speak for God, to be part of his messenger service. Well, it's not seeker-friendly, and I can tell you this, that it's going to cost you your life. You're going to have to die to yourself. You can't be a man-pleaser. People will reject you. They're not going to understand you. Many will. You will have those that love you. Jesus had those that loved him. Paul had those that loved him. The apostles, they had those that loved them. But the mass majority of the people rejected them. You have to have an overcoming ability to not come under rejection and rise above it. Let us not refuse him who's speaking from heaven. Let us pray that as we enter the messenger service, that we could be found faithful and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link of this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is a present word at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.